Welcome to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe life is better when you love the way you look, style doesn't have to be complicated, and getting dressed can actually be fun. It's time to ditch that closet full of nothing to wear and instead create a fabulous functional wardrobe that makes you feel stylish, confident, and ready for anything. I'm your host, Jennifer Mary, and I've been dressing real women for almost 20 years. There isn't a body type or wardrobe challenge I haven't seen. And in this podcast, I'll share practical lessons from my journey that you can use to make creating a look you love easier than you ever imagined. Get ready to love getting dressed again. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe that style should be easy and getting dressed can be fun. We took last week off to celebrate America's birthday. And speaking of America, this week I learned that in the first six weeks of the podcast being officially out there, the Everyday Style School has been downloaded in 42 states. That's amazing to me. And not only that, we have been downloaded in 10 other countries, including Canada, Spain, France, Italy, Portugal, Germany, Netherlands, the UK, Russia, Australia, and Kuwait. That is so crazy for me to even think about. And I just want to thank you for listening. And if you are listening somewhere I haven't mentioned yet, be sure to download an episode so it shows up on my map. Actually, I have a big map in my office with pins in it now because I just like tracking where everybody is. All right. Today we are talking about my favorite summer fabric in the word of the week. And we've got a question about half tucking in office hours. This week's lessons from Linda shares the story of one of my all-time favorite clients who had a problem that a lot of my women face. And in the Everyday Style Lecture, we'll be talking about the basics of proper fit. Good style hinges on proper fit. If you don't have fit, you don't have style. So today we're going to talk about it. First, though, let's do a quick check of last week's homework, or two weeks ago's homework, I guess, which was to look at the different sleeve types in your closet, identify them, and figure out which ones look best on you. Did you do it? I'd love to hear about it in the Everyday Style Lounge Facebook group. I already heard from one listener that she never realized that all of her favorite tops and dresses have dolman sleeves, and now she knows why she gravitates toward that particular sleeve. That's the power of two minutes of style homework, making the connections between why you're buying the things you're buying and why you love them. This makes style and shopping so much easier. So I really, really want to encourage you to do the homework and then come talk about it in the style lounge, which by the way, if you're searching for it on Facebook is just the everyday style lounge. Otherwise I will post the, the link in the show notes, which is your everydaystyle.com forward slash podcast. You can find this episode and all the information will be there for you. But let's kick it off like we always do with lessons from Linda. This week's Linda called me as so many clients do because something just wasn't coming together. She kept shopping, but she never felt put together. I'm guessing lots of you can identify with that. And I know I've had my moments too. She was tired of wasting money on the wrong things. So after she heard me speak at an event, she called me for help. Now, this turned out to be one of my all-time favorite Lindas, and I don't say that lightly. I've worked with hundreds of women, and I've honestly enjoyed 99.9% of them. I know you want to know about the ones I didn't, but I will never share that unless you get a few drinks in me first. But there have just been a few Lindas who have been truly transformational or have just touched my heart in some way. This is one of those Lindas, but I have to tell you, friends, it did not start off so rosy. 
we started her closet edit like we always do with the pants. You guys know how big I am on pants. We pulled all the pants and skirts out of her closet. And as she was trying them on, they all had one thing in common. They were terrible, legitimately terrible. Every pair of pants she had were giant polyester pull-on disasters that my grandmother would have called from me. Now, one of the hardest parts of my job is being honest without being hurtful. It's never my goal to make someone feel bad. But on the other hand, if I've hired to fix people's wardrobe problems and the pants are the problem, I have to say it. But I saw Linda getting upset and worse, I saw her becoming defeated as I gave the thumbs down to every single bottom she had in her wardrobe. I will never be a part of making someone feel that bad or feel that way. So it was time to just walk away from the pants for a bit. I always have my clients put on their best fitting jeans or black pants to try on tops. This is a good tip for you guys who are doing your own closet edits. It makes it so much easier to focus on the upper half if the bottom half fits and isn't distracting. And so we did the best we could and we moved on. Two minutes into the tops, Linda's demeanor had totally changed. She was smiling. I was smiling because every top she had looked amazing on her. Truly amazing. This Linda actually had a ton of style. She had a cute, funky haircut. Her tops, while they weren't my style, were a very clearly defined, cohesive style that matched her aesthetic perfectly. From the waist up, Linda was golden. Here's what was happening, and I see this happen a lot. Two women were living in Linda's closet, top half Linda and bottom half Linda. Top half Linda was going to art shows and great restaurants. Bottom half Linda was catching the early bird special before watching reruns of Matlock. These two Lindas were not on the same page. I pointed this out to Linda and I said, which one are you? We agreed that she was art gallery, Linda, and to get her wardrobe cohesive and making sense and making her feel fabulous, we had to leave Matlock Linda behind. What had happened was Linda had gotten older, her shape had changed, and buying pants in the places she used to wasn't working anymore, so she gave up. She did go for the easy pull-on pants because she didn't know there were other options out there that were flattering and comfortable and stylish. Now, your version might be leaving behind tight jeans and living in yoga pants instead, but it's still the exact same thing. We shopped and we restocked her pant collection. I honestly don't think we bought a single top that day. We bought pants that fit. We bought pants that were comfortable, pants that fit the body and lifestyle she had at that moment, pants that made her look 20, 30 years younger. All of a sudden, her wardrobe and her style made sense. I will never forget the smile she left the shopping mall with. Helping a woman see herself in the mirror the way she wants to look in her mind is a feeling unlike any other. It actually gives me goosebumps. And sitting here recording this, I just get goosebumps thinking about this, Linda, because it was so transformational. But here are the lessons I want you to take away from this Linda story. Number one, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, when your wardrobe isn't coming together, the problem is almost always in the pants. You have to start there. Number two, when you can't figure out why an outfit doesn't work, ask yourself, would the same Linda be wearing these pieces? I had someone post a picture in one of my capsule communities a couple years ago, and the outfit on the whole was a little dressy. She had a blingy necklace, a dressy top, heeled sandals, except the shorts. The shorts were an Eddie Bauer-esque hiking situation. 
The top half Linda was going to brunch with friends and bottom half Linda was quite literally going hiking. Which is it? And yes, you can have clothing items that reflect different personalities and different aesthetics, but not really in the same outfit. The whole outfit needs to be going the same place. Number three, and finally, don't give up. We all go through phases where it's tough to find the right fits or styles to work with our current situation. It can be really easy to throw in the towel and just throw on oversized tees, yoga pants, or ginormous polyester disaster pants. But the right things are out there to fit your body, to fit your lifestyle, to fit your life stage, and make you feel fabulous. Putting in the extra effort to love the way you look, no matter what's going on, is worth it. No one has ever frumped themselves into feeling better. I like that one. I should embroider that one on a pillow. All right, let's move on to the word of the week. Today, we are talking about my favorite, hands down favorite summer fabric, and that is chambray. It is spelled C-H-A-M-B-R-A-Y, and it is pronounced chambray, not cambray, not chambray, not chambray, chambray. Chambray looks like a lightweight denim, and the word is often used to mean any lightweight denim-looking clothing item, whether it's actually chambray or not. I would urge you not to get too caught up in the technicalities and resist the urge to correct your friends. When we think of chambray, we think a light blue color, but chambray really can be any color because it's made by weaving a white thread and a color thread together. Indigo is the most common color used, which is why we think of the light blue, but it doesn't have to be. Both denim and chambray are made by weaving white cotton threads and colored cotton threads. So in that respect, they are a lot alike. However, the weaving process and thickness of the, of the thread or yarn is what creates two very different fabrics. In chambray, a white weft, weft is the yarn that goes horizontally from left to right, is woven with a colored warp, which is the yarn that goes vertically. It's woven in a plain weave pattern, which produces an even crisscross checkerboard pattern. In denim, a thicker white weft is woven with a thicker colored warp in a twill weave, which is the warp going over two threads of the weft. Now, that's really technical, but the result is a much thicker, sturdier weave that actually has a diagonal pattern to it. If you look at your jeans, and it's easier to see on the inside, you can see tiny rows of diagonal stitches. So if you're curious to see if an item you're looking at is denim or chambray, turn it inside out and look at the fabric. Does it have diagonal lines? It's, it's denim. If it has a crisscross pattern, it's chambray. The result is that chambray is thinner and softer than denim, and while the fabric is casual, chambray always looks refined. Here's why chambray is one of my favorite summer fabrics. First, because of the weaving pattern, it's super cool and breathable. You can even wear chambray pants when it's 95 degrees out. Second, and I'm just talking about the indigo colored chambray right now, it's the perfect summer neutral. Just like you can pair jeans with any color or pattern top, you can do the same thing with chambray. A chambray top is a great complement to loud brights or pattern shorts, and chambray pants look really chic with a plain white tee. Which brings me to the last thing I love about this fabric. It always looks upscale and elegant, even in simple silhouettes and even when you don't spend a lot of money on it. From chambray shorts with a simple tee to a chambray blazer with a pencil skirt, this fabric is truly the workhorse of summer. I have gotten so many comments about the chambray pants in the summer capsule guide, women who had never owned chambray before and have now found a brand new favorite. 
As always, if you're having trouble picturing chambray, there's a link in the show notes for examples under $100. Okay, let's head to office hours where Catherine has a question. What's your question, Catherine? Hi, Jennifer. I was listening to one of your podcasts where you mentioned doing a half tuck on wide leg pants to help show off your figure. Most of the wide leg pants that I own have a drawstring waist. Can you do a half tuck on that style? Thank you. Ooh, good question, Catherine. I'm assuming that when you're asking whether you can half tuck with the drawstring, you're asking if it's okay that the drawstring shows. I sure hope that's your question because that's the one I'm answering. The short answer is yes, that's absolutely fine. There's no rule that says the drawstring must be hidden or that your shirt must be fully tucked in to show the whole thing. Do what works best for you and your body. The bigger question though is, when you half tuck your tops into drawstring pants, do you like the way it looks? It's really the only answer that matters because if you do like the way it looks, whatever I say shouldn't matter. If you like it, it's right. Now, if you don't like the way it looks, whatever I say won't matter. If you feel like it looks weird or breaks some rule, it won't matter that I give you the thumbs up. You'll be self-conscious and nothing wrecks an outfit faster than a woman who doesn't feel confident wearing it. Lastly, let me share a super secret fashion insider tip with you that I use to verify my own ideas. You ready? Pinterest. Yes, even I do that. When I'm creating capsules, sometimes I get an idea in my head and I think, would those look good together? Is this even a thing? So I head to Pinterest and I search for my idea. If their search results bring up looks that fit the vibe I'm going for, in the capsule it goes. If no results come up or only crazy street fashion my Lindas would never wear come up, it's a no-go for me. I did a quick search for you for drawstring pants half tuck and got lots of cute results. So from me and from Pinterest, it's a big thumbs up, but you do what works for you. Catherine, great question. And as a thank you for using your question on the show, you'll be receiving a copy of my Everyday Style Challenge. This is 31 simple tasks to help you cut the clutter, discover your style, and use more of what you already own. Now, if you're listening and you've got a style question, head to my website at youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast and click the big orange button. You can't miss it. If I use your question on the show, I'll send you your own copy of the challenge. Just a tech tip though, it works better on a desktop or laptop than on your phone. Okay, we'll be back in just a second to talk about the basics of proper fit. Today's episode is sponsored by the Capsule Guide community. One of the biggest benefits of being a Capsule subscriber is access to the private Facebook community. For one thing, it is the nicest corner of the internet. There are hundreds of women giving kind and helpful outfit feedback, cheering each other on daily, and wouldn't it be nice not to to ask your husband, does this look okay? Let's just leave him out of it. But that's not all. Members of the community get weekly Q&A sessions with me for all style questions, capsule related and beyond. You'll get access to my 20 years of experience dressing women of all shapes, sizes, ages, and stages. Plus, there are monthly wardrobe challenges with prizes designed to push you out of your comfort zone and help you make the most of your capsule wardrobe guide investment. Finally, each season, my subscribers get a style masterclass that covers a topic more in depth than I can do here. This season, I'm sharing how to finally find jeans, the perfect jeans that fit, flatter, and don't fall down. This masterclass alone is worth the cost of the capsule, but you get all the community benefits 
and the capsule wardrobe guide for just $47. Now that would be a steal, but remember you can use code podcast to take $15 off of your first capsule purchase. Hurry though, the summer capsule guide goes into retirement on July 15th. After that, you'll have to wait till fall. Head to my website at youreverydaystyle.com or check the show notes for links to the capsule guide. Class is back in session, friends. Today we are talking about fit. It is astounding to me how many clients wear clothes that don't fit. I would say 75% of my clients are wearing the wrong size pants and almost everyone I've ever worked with is wearing the wrong size bra. I think that there is a big cultural myth that women walk around in too tight clothing trying to be sexy, but if that's true, it's not happening with my Linda's. My Lindas are wearing clothes that are too big, in some cases way too big. And guess what? It's almost always in the pants. I had one Linda go from a 14 to an 810 and another one go from a 10 to a 6. Both of these women told me that they thought their pants fit because they stayed on their body. That's it. That was the only requirement for fit. Ladies, we can do better. So here's this week's disclaimer. This is fit basics. There are so many details and nuances to finding clothes that fit your unique body perfectly or find the exact right spot for your sleeves or hems to end. This talk is not meant to cover all of that. This is meant to be quick and dirty, does it fit in the fitting room kind of advice. So take it as that. Also, fits can be tweaked. There are times you can get away with sizing up to create a more flowy look. But in my experience, that is usually an unsuccessful strategy unless your body has the right frame for it, which sadly is usually model-like, tall, fairly skinny, and a strong square shoulder. Now, am I saying that you can't play with fit? Not at all, but you need to know the basics first. Remember the Pablo Picasso quote from episode two, you must first learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. Today, we're learning some of the rules. So we're going to start at the top with my all-time favorite subject. There will be an an episode coming about it, I promise. Bras. We are going to do a bra episode. It is coming, but for right now, here are two fit issues you need to pay attention to. First, Are your girls contained by the cups? When you put your bra on with a fitted t-shirt, do you see pillows over your bra line? You should only have two boobies. That's all you're supposed to have. If you have more than two boobs, it is time for a fitting, a professional fitting. Now, the other thing is, is your bra band riding up? If you move around, does your whole bra move? I want you to do something for me real quick. Do the YMCA dance moves. And I wish I could see you doing this in your offices and in your car. Keep one hand on the wheel. Now, I want you to pay attention to does your bra stay put? If it doesn't, if it's moving around on your torso, you need a fitting. Again, a professional one. That's all I'm going to say about bras for now. There's more coming, but let's move on to tops. Now, you already know from the sleeve series that we did that a typical vertical set-in sleeve should sit right along the outside edge of your shoulder. If it is up on the flat part of your shoulder, your shirt is too small. If it is falling down onto the arm, your shirt is too big. Tops, dresses, and blazers need to fit in the shoulder. It determines the fit of the entire garment and can be really difficult and very costly to tailor. So you should really buy with shoulder fit in mind, or at least make sure that part fits first. Now, moving down under the arm, your tops should not have big folds of fabric, what I call wings, under the arm. 
this is a sign that your top is too big. Now, a small horizontal fold of fabric right at the armpit and going over the bust can also mean you're wearing a bad bra. I always say to my clients, that's where the boobies should go. They should be moved up. But if you've got these huge, they probably run... I would say parallel to your body, and there are these big folds of fabric, and I've always called them wings. If you look down and you have those, chances are your top is too big. Your neckline should stay flat against the body and not gape or fold. Here is one fit issue I see most often. I call it the fabric toss. Now, I want you to picture this with me. When you put your shirt on, a lot of times you pinch each shoulder right at the top of the shoulder, all the fabric, and toss all the extra fabric to the back. Then you give the torso a little picks and pulls to straighten yourself out. When you are doing this, there is a 99% chance that your shirt is too big. I always leave the 1% because maybe you're the one person who it does not mean your shirt is too big, but always, almost always, it means your shirt is too big. What's happening is that it was hanging sadly in the front and intuitively you knew that, so you tried to put all the extra stuff to the back. Unfortunately, moving all the extra fabric to the back isn't successful. If you look at the rear view, the neckline is probably hanging awkwardly low, and now the back of the top has the sad draping folds. So that means your shirt is too big. Now, when you have a button-down blouse, the button should stay closed without any popping or gapping. If this happens, you need a bigger size or a different style. I will say, though, that some women are so close to a top being perfect, but the buttons are gapping just a tiny bit. If that's the case for you, I do recommend a little tailoring or a little DIY to make it work. I had one client who had all of her shirts sewn shut all the way down that placket so that they became popover tops and that worked for her. I've had others who used a little fashion tape to close tiny gaps. Now, if you use tape and it comes apart when you're doing some big arm circles and you should do that if you're using fashion tape, you need a more heavy duty option like sewing in snaps or having that whole piece sewn shut. Okay, let's talk about blazers. You already know that you should buy with a shoulder fit in mind, right? But for the rest of the body, you should be able to give someone a hug or drive your car comfortably. Ideally, your jacket should close comfortably and not pull. However, there are times, especially for women with big busts or larger rib cages, that the jacket fits perfectly everywhere else, but doesn't close comfortably. In that case, it's okay to leave the jacket open. By the way, this is actually a more flattering look anyway, but the jacket should look like it could close. It shouldn't, your, the panels should not be way on the outside of your bust. It should look like it can, could close. Fill that open space with a long necklace or a scarf worn open and long. Otherwise, you can find a different style jacket. Remember, I always tell my clients, you're working too hard for it. Don't work too hard for it. Now, one thing I see over and over with my professional clients is sleeves on jackets worn, and, and a lot of blouses, worn too long. When you wear your sleeves too long, you look like you're playing dress up in your mother's clothing. This is not a professional look that inspires confidence. If you must wear a full long sleeve, it should hit right at the spot where the fleshy part of your palm starts and your wrist ends. That being said, I prefer bracelet length sleeves right above the wrist bone. It allows you to show off a bracelet or a watch and actually makes your upper body look slimmer. Plus, it feels more modern and less of a stuffy suit jacket look to me. Okay, let's move on to pants. 
in general, your pants should not be smiling or frowning. Smiling is when you have upturned wrinkles that start at the crotch. This means your pants are too small. Frowning is when you have downturned folds of fabric across the crotch and the hips. This means your pants are too big. Of course, you should be buying the right pant shape for your body. Check out episodes two through six to find out more, but fit plays a big part in it as well. Let's discuss muffin top. Muffin top is one of three things. Number one, it's a size issue. Your pants are too small. Number two, it's a rise issue. You need pants that come up over instead of cutting into the fleshy part. Or number three, it's a shape issue. Curvy girls need curvy pants. Straight girls need straight cuts. If you notice you struggle with muffin top, I'd make sure you're wearing the right shape first. Again, episodes two through six will help you with that. Then find the right rise, then the right size. Don't start with the size. Even going up a size if the other two things aren't right, it won't fix the muffin top best. So start with the shape, then the rise, then the size. Now, another thing to check out is how your pants fit when you sit down. If you sit down and they pull uncomfortably across the hip, they're obviously too small. If you sit down and the fabric billows out over the hips, they are too big. Now, if you sit down and the pockets poke out, that is pretty normal. It is. It does not mean your pants are necessarily too small. When you're standing up, pockets poking out is usually a shape issue. And I think I talked about the pocket issue in episode six. So if you have pants and your pockets are always poking out, listen to episode six on how to fix that. So finally in pants, hems. This one's a little tricky because there is a ton of variation, like where ankle pants are supposed to hit. What's the difference between a capri and a crop? Some of that is just a style choice, but when we're talking about ankle pants, they should end just above or just below the ankle bone. But what I really want to talk about is fuller leg pants and boot cuts. They're coming back into fashion, so I think it's important that we know how they're supposed to fit. Okay, the hem of boot cut and trouser leg pants or flares should end one quarter to one half inch off the floor while you are wearing shoes. Now, you're saying, but wait, what if I wear different shoes? Mm -hmm, Exactly. I was working for a high-end boutique when bootcut jeans were having a serious moment, and our clients used to buy two or three pairs of the same jean, one for flats, one for low-heeled boots, and one for high heels. A total pain in the butt, but you shouldn't be wearing the same bootcuts with flat sneakers as you do with two or three-inch heeled booties. One of them is going to look wrong. Actually, you really shouldn't be wearing boot cuts or trouser leg pants with flats at all. They really need a little height to look their best. They get a little frumpy. Boot cut, trouser, and flares look very, very frumpy with flat shoes. I think, by the way, this is why skinnies were so popular for so long. They're just so much more versatile with different heel heights and shoe styles, and you didn't have to worry about it or have multiple pairs. So much easier. But they're coming back, so let's learn how to work with it. Straight leg jeans and pants, they look best when they hit the bottom of the ankle right at the top of the foot and don't break too much over the shoe. But they do have a little bit more versatility in length than boot cuts and flares, but not as much versatility as skinny. So they're sort of your midpoint option. Okay, moving on to 
dresses and skirts. If you have listened to the body type episodes, you should know that the waist of a dress should hit the waist of your body. One thing I see a lot is women getting a big fold of fabric over the waistband of the dress in the back. I talked about this in the hourglass episode, but this is a sign that you need a higher waistband of the dress or a petite fit. Another fit issue I see in dresses is dresses that have ruching or draping that look sad and frumpy. This is a sign that your dress is too big. The draping needs your body for structure, but the fabric is hanging away from your body and the weight of that fabric is just pulling the whole garment down. If you have a a dress with ruching or draping and you feel frumpy in it, chances are it's too big. If you're in a fitting room, go get a smaller size. If you're at home, grab the back of the fabric and just kind of pull it a little bit and see if making it smaller helps. The last thing I want to talk about is skirts. Friends, skirts are not low rise items. You are not Britney Spears. This is not 2004 and your skirt should not be sitting on your hip bones. Skirts should be sitting and staying right about at the belly button. When it doesn't stay there and instead it falls low because it's too big, the whole shape of the skirt is off. Where the volume of the hip should be is now on your thigh, which creates, again, these awkward wings of fabric, and the hem doesn't hang straight either. If I had a dollar for every low-rise skirt that's not supposed to be a low-rise skirt that I have seen, I would have many, many dollars. You should be able to fit two fingers in the waistband of your skirt, but first and foremost, it should not be falling onto your hips. I hope this episode has helped you understand proper fit better and that you'll be focusing on getting the right fit when you shop or create outfits out of your closet. Your homework this week is to look at the fit of your clothes each day when you get dressed. Are you doing the fabric toss? Are your skirts sitting at the right spot? Are your boot cuts staying off the ground? It's been my experience that women don't know what proper fit is, but once you see it, you can't unsee it. I'm going to put some fit tip graphics in my Pinterest board called Styling Advice and Freebies. You can do a search on Pinterest for Everyday Style with Jen and go to Styling Advice and Freebies or just head to the show notes and I'll have the link to the board right there. That's it, friends. See you next week. And I can't wait to hear where our new listeners are from. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. Class is dismissed for the day, but if you'd like to continue the conversation, head over to my free Facebook group, The Everyday Style Lounge. You can also visit my website for show notes, downloads, and links to resources we discussed during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast. Finally, be sure to subscribe to The Style School wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, I'd love if you'd leave a review and even share with your friends. Thanks so much. We'll see you back in class next week.